Herr Bruder Karko. Heavenly Father, there is a stillness and a reverence in this room because of you. Because your presence is holy. That when we should enter before you, we should still our hearts, still our minds, and think of the one thing. The greatest treasure we could ever receive. Father, that is you. You make us lie down in green pastures. You carry us through all valleys, over mountains. You sustain us and keep us. That even when we lose sight of you, you never lose sight of us. You think of us moment by moment. And you are with us here and now. Father, we know that there are so many times, so many instances in all of our lives where we probably say, we can get to you later. Father, thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for meeting us. And thank you that even when we take our eyes off of you, you are here. You are present. Father, we are gathered here tonight because we need your word. We need your presence in our lives so that we can cast our burdens at your feet and find peace. We need a moment now for our souls to be filled. We can do so many things in a day to fill our minds, fill our stomachs, but you are the one that fills our souls. And we need that here and now, Father. So we pray that tonight you would bring your word to life. Tonight you would bring our hearts, bring the things that are underneath to the surface, that we would feel no need to hide anything from you but to confess it and lay it all before you to find peace. And as we do so, Father, you promise us that you will guard our minds and guard our hearts. Father, we pray that leaving tonight, not a soul would not be moved, not a soul would not be stirred, but instead we would know your presence is real. For those of us who are strengthened coming into this room, would you help them to be a light in others? For those of us who are struggling in this room, would you be their sword and be their shield and be their protector? That all of us tonight would look to you and find the hope, find armor for the battles that are to come. Father, we love you. We trust you. We need you. Be here with us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so um, also since Hannah, is she online right now? Yeah. Hey. Um, she's away at, in California because she's caring for mom. Uh, if you've come to prayer meetings or if you've talked to Hannah, uh, mom's having, having some physical, uh, she had a, a stroke and she, they had to amputate leg. Um, and, and there's more that she could share with you, but she's caring for mom right now. It was, it's an answer to prayer that we were praying last week that she could even get home because we didn't think she could get home to be with mom right now, and so um, I'll let her fill you guys in on details, but Hannah, we're, we love you, we're praying for you, and um, praying for mom, 
uh, to get better. We're going we're gonna to do a little bit more prayer tonight and a little bit differently before we get into the Word. Typically, we get into observation time right now, and we'll, uh, instead of having observation time, I do want to ask um, Gabe and Jared to come up, uh, the Browns. Uh, <laughs> we know them. Uh, and, this, and, and if you've been coming to our church prayer meetings, you, you've heard a little bit, or if you've talked to them, of just some of the things that uh, God is taking them through right now. You guys can come up. I want you guys to share from up here. Um, and so uh, something that, you know, just as we've been praying with them, even last week at prayer week, we were praying about this. And uh, I just want to give them a chance to share with you uh, what their family is going through right now. Because uh, it is burdensome. In Galatians, when it says, carry one another's burden, a burden is something that the circumstance is so heavy, you cannot carry it on your own. That's what makes a burden a burden. And I'm so thankful for these two um, wanting to share that burden with us, with the church family at large, because I know that there's people in our church that listen to this online as well. So, um, and just with the heaviness of this day with the fires and everything like that, um, I want, to, want us to hear from them. Um, they're going to share and give them some space to do that. Um, and then when we pray for them, I'm also going to lead us in a prayer to pray for Maui. Um, I was on the phone with um, one of my pastor friends in Maui, and thankfully him and his family is okay. But it's just so heart-wrenching uh, what is happening right now and all the suffering that takes place. And that's always there, but there comes many moments in our life as a family where it's more at our front door, um, in the case here with Gabe and Jer as well. So I'm going to turn it over to them, let them share from their hearts, um, and then we'll, we'll continue on. So we didn't um, prepare anything, and it's a lot. So we've been sharing with a lot of Members, as time has gone by, if you don't know, I'm expecting, <laughs> we're expecting, for those of you online too. Um, but yeah, so some of you know the kind of difficulties that we've been going through with baby. Um, things have been happening so fast. Um, you want to share? So um, without getting into like the scientific terms or anything, uh, there's complications with baby's heart development right now that will require serious intervention from the time that he is born. Um, and with that in mind, doctors are letting us know that we'll pos we will have to move to the mainland to give baby a chance altogether. Um, from what they've shared with us, it's, they, are, they gave us the impression that it is very hopeful that it's not something that would mean the end of anything. But it is very serious. And it's, it's been a season of ups and downs. We heard one thing, then another. And... Just being here now before you guys, this, the, the burden between both of us becomes so much lighter as we share, as we let people in, and 
I do want to say God has been so good to us in this season in how he's ministered to us, how he's allowed us as a family to become so much stronger and really share with one another, talk things out, grow there. And we don't know the full scope of what God is doing. We have our good days. We have our bad days, as I'm sure any parent would in a situation like this. But what we can say and what we've seen is how God is revealing himself more and more through this, um, through how he's been able. We, we both have family or people who are close to us, as, as we all probably do, who may not believe, right, who are not believers. And to hear things like from my mom, an example, pointing me to Christ in a moment where I was really down about it. And to just to know that God is with us through all of this. And then to have support from the entire church body and so many other people. It has been so ministering to us. And I also just want to share too for anybody who um, if anybody would go through this in the future or um, yeah um, we did we did and we would still struggle with um, all the normal human feelings that come along with this so um, yeah sorry so at first we were very much you know feeling a lot um, bitter uh, I was feeling and still kind of struggle with feeling numb towards everything just because it's like, you know, we're thinking, oh, like, why us? And then we also shared with each other that we just, um, you know, it's just, it's just a big struggle, especially seeing um, a lot of, like, family members or, um, yeah, just, just really thinking just, like, why, why, why is this happening to us? Um, one thing I do really want to share is that, um, for me, uh, one thing that this really brought to, one thing that came to my mind was, um, I realized I was really quick to say, I was really quick to say, um, oh, you know, having, like, I want to have my eyes fixed on the next life, or I'm living for the next life. You know, this life is temporary. And then uh, when you're faced with, you know, a situation like this, I think that really tests um, how much you believe that. And because, you know, as the doctors were telling us, um, it's not just one surgery. It's going to be multiple surgeries, possibly surgeries throughout um, your boy's life. And along with that... Um, they also mentioned that he wouldn't have some developmental delays. And so just thinking about, um, you know, not just our lives, but just his life, right? And um, I think we both realize, and we, I think 
the Spirit was comforting us and even just teaching us that it wasn't always meant to be like this, that um, it's just kind of, it just kind of shows that this is a broken world, you know? It's just, it, um, you know, we're not supposed to have all these defects and all these things happening, but we do live in a broken world. And, um, and that really, for me, I kind of had to ask myself, do I believe um, in the promise that uh, God has given us? And so, yeah, and I also do want to share um, if this would help any, anybody in the future, too, if this, you know, if you're faced with a situation like this, the doctors were really, really pushing termination for us. And even with the first thing that they said that wasn't, you know, it was kind of minor in light of everything going on right now, it was very much like a, oh, you know, so you can terminate, you know, at this time, and um, and then when they told us about all the heart stuff and all the future things, and it was just so overwhelming in that one moment, I do want to share that I really did struggle. I just want to be open. I did struggle with that thought. Um, I want to say that that is a normal, not very understandable thought to have. Um, but when you give yourself time to pray and to really reflect on all of these things, you come to the realization that this is still a life that God has given. And it is just not our right to take it away. And so I just want to share about that as well. When everything first happened, basically her and I were in the same boat of all of these struggles, all of these things that were just really hard and really heavy to handle and process. And as, as time went on, as we shared with one another, shared with family, you know, and like she was saying, took time to pray and consider what was happening. Uh, one of the things that came to light um, truly was that even stressing over our child and all the things that we're going through, that is a gift that we don't deserve. We, we should suffer. We should die because of things that we have done, because that is just what we are prone to do. But God blesses us he, with a house, a marriage, and now a life. And even further than that, recognizing if this is the pain that we feel and our son's not even here, imagine what God felt, sending his son knowing fully what was about to happen. And his son lived perfectly and died for us. How loving of a father we have. This life will hurt sometimes. But God is with us. God loves us. He sees us through. He carries us. He's carrying our son and forming him right now. We don't know the plan. 
we trust in him and he will see us. Um, yeah, so we have been really blessed and really comforted by all the people who have been praying for us, uh, sharing with us their testimonies or stories that they know of um, really has been comforting to us. That is the reason why our smiles aren't fake when we <laughs> come into service and see all of you. Um, so some ways um, that you can pray. We're learning to um, uh, please do also just pray for baby's health and just miracles to happen. When we know his name, we will tell you so that you can pray for him by name. For now, he's just baby. <laughs> um, so do pray for baby's health, miracles for his heart um, and his growth. Uh, one thing that we also do really want prayer for is just for his life. Um, I think, yeah, so just pray for that, you know, if things go well, if God allows things to go well, that he would grow up knowing that he is loved by God. Um, as much as we struggle with, like, bitterness and all that, um, we do know that, um, just thinking if I was in his situation and I grew up having to go through all of these surgeries and all that, um, that he would truly know that he is loved by God and um, that even if he grows up and he struggles with any bitterness or anger, that he would bring those feelings to God as well. Um, and then, um, also, if you can pray that, um, we wouldn't be living our lives as parents in fear, um, I think that's a really big thing that's hard to, you know, yeah, it's just, it's just a weight, right? Um, I think one thing that we are definitely nervous for is just the amount of time that God allows us with him, um, we love him so much already, and we haven't met him yet, so just kind of nervous for when we do meet him. So just pray that fear wouldn't be ruling our lives. Um, and then less, you know, like pressing things that, but we'd still be so grateful for, for prayer, is just all the logistics of it. Um, the medical housing, um, just moving there, transportation while we are there, um, even just getting things settled here. Um, and then also just really, we really do need prayer too. Um, because like I said, it's, we did, we are comforted, um, in all of these things, but there can still be, you know, a big struggle as we move forward. And so, especially for when, um, he comes, just, you know, pray that we would be, um, strengthened, that our hearts would be strengthened, that our eyes would still be fixed on the next life, you know, that this would really just strengthen, um, all of our relationships with God, um. Yeah, so thank you so much for praying for us. We feel so we feel so loved and we know that we are loved and we just feel so supported and so yeah. Okay. So we can keep you guys updated in about 4 weeks at the end of the month we are going to find out like what exactly like which surgery baby needs. Um I think just on, on that last note that she hit, a, a huge prayer for us is just that faith would continue to grow in our families, that the gospel would continue to spread through our son's life, through our own walks with each other, and even how he's ministering to other parts of our family, other people that we don't even know about, that this situation 
would touch lives instead of hurting them. Amen, right? Amen. The smiles, this supernatural, miraculous right now. Um, So as we pray together with them, for them right now, um, bear that burden. Let's bear this burden together as a family. Are you? Sure, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, yeah, why don't you come down here? If, you got, if, you, if people want to come around them, lay hands on them, that's totally welcome. Yes, absolutely. Lord Jesus, in the sharing of this testimony, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the fire and the trial, what glory. Be glorified, God. That a brother and sister testify to your goodness. That these smiles are not plastered on. That when the scripture says rejoice in the Lord always, our brother and sister know this. A contentment, a peace that surpasses understanding, our brother and sister know this. Your spirit is upon them, Lord. Thank you for brothers and sisters that suffer well to the glory of God. Thank you for the example they set for all of us here. We praise you, Father, for the Brown family. We pray that you bless and keep them. Be in their household, Lord. Be upon them. Be their strong tower. Lead them to the rock that's higher than them. Anchor their souls in ways that we don't understand right now. We pray that you'd prepare the way as you've already been. Then in this moment-to-moment journey, in this step-by-step process, light their path, God. Thank you for their faith in sharing. It takes faith to confess doubt, to confess sin, to confess struggle with termination, to to, to let us into those parts of the heart. It took faith, God. It takes faith to let others bear your burden. It takes faith to believe that we're coming to the King of kings and Lord of lords right now. And so we will pray that you deliver them from fear. We will pray that a perfect love would consume them. And drive out all form of fear. And we will pray that you, Spirit of the living God, would heal. That you would touch and cleanse the heart, the mind, the soul, the body, and the heart of this little one. Grow this child's heart, Lord, we pray. We pray that you'd send your power and your spirit upon them. And you'd touch Jerish's body and the womb. As this child even now is being fearfully and wonderfully made, that you would do it, Lord. That you'd bring all the parts together. That the part that is lacking, you'd fill it. Spirit of the living God, would you do this? Would you heal fully into the uttermost? Would you be with every individual involved, from a doctor to a nurse, to a house, to, to where they live, to where they how they travel, everything, Lord, all the means? Show up in power, God, and be obvious. We pray that this testimony would advance in their whole household, 
that, that family members would truly come to saving grace. That as our brother said, he desires the gospel to spread rampantly in his home. Lord, would you do it? Would uncles and aunties and nephews and nieces and brothers and sisters who seem so far off come to faith because of the testimony of Gabe and Jer and their child? We pray that that would even happen in our church, that that would even happen tonight, that this gospel truly is good, that we don't live for the here and now. We believe this, Lord. We believe you. So grant faith, gift them, Lord, with more and more faith. We love them so much. And we root them on. We support and encourage, Lord. And I pray that you'd use the body of Christ and stir us up to know how to support and carry this burden with them. And so, Father, this prayer is the beginning of more. And we pray, God, that you would glorify yourself and manifest yourself in this family, in this church, in this moment right now that you would get all the glory. Father, you're in control. Your sovereignty is sweet when we see it. So help us now. Help them, Lord, we pray. Give them extra portion of grace, even this evening, as we continue on in the worship through the word and fellowship. God, would you speak and minister and do more than what we're asking or imagining? We love you, God. Thank you so much for this family. Bless and keep them, we pray. In Jesus' name and all God's children said, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Thank you, family. Thank you guys for allowing them to share. And for those of you who are joining us online and praying along with us, thank you guys so much. Um, You know, whoo. As I've been uh, meeting with Gabe and Jer throughout the, the months, kind of just leading, just figuring these things out, praying with them, I, I mean, I just, I was so grateful to God that he has gifted them with faith and strength to want to, to share with the entire body like that. Because um, family, that's, we're witnessing miracles. That is a miracle. That is not natural for a family to get up and it's not like they're out of the woods or things have technically been answered in full just yet. The circumstances weren't touched, but the miracle of the heart and the soul and the mind truly believing this stuff, the gospel, the Bible, that is so miraculous. And um, I'm wrestling even right now with uh, having a conversation in my mind with the Lord as to where to take us even from here. I, I want to spend some time praying for Maui. Um, and right now, I just, this Luke chapter 13 is just kind of impressing on my heart. And I'm, 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 I'm thinking that we might even detour and just look at that together tonight and um, allow these circumstances that is happening right now, present day, these sufferings, and then take scripture and apply that to our hearts and let that be our text for tonight. And maybe we'll, we'll pause Timothy and we'll pick that up next week, and so um, let's do that. So if you join me at Luke chapter 13, we're going to go ahead and do that tonight. I don't, um, so for everyone who worked on the slides and everything, I'm sorry, thank you, that'll be for next week. Um, We're going to just, I'm going to follow God's lead on this right now, and just let's look at Luke chapter 13, um, 
So if you haven't heard, I'm sure you've heard already, Maui is just up in smoke right now. I said earlier, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, and he's just heartbroken. I mean, just thousands of households and families uh, displaced right now, and even trying to figure out the cause of fire where all they can really say it could have been humidity humidity and, and wind, then that's pretty much just a natural disaster. That's just the boom, the breath of a moment. And I don't know... Um, especially now in our day and age when technology is so accessible. I mean, we can look at this right now um, where there was a day where that that news would come later in a newspaper. But something that I'm afraid of as this is happening now, and if if there is anyone in the house who has family in Maui and you're affected by that, please share with us after. We would love to pray with you for your family. Uh, I was reaching out to everybody I knew that had Maui connections just to see if they're okay, just because of the vast... The, big, the bigness of this fire, but when things like this happens, when suffering hits, when tragedy strikes, or when there's natural disasters, sometimes in a world that has so much technology, we can get desensitized to it. It's like, oh, there's another fire, there's another earthquake, there's another mass shooting, there's another, 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 and then what ends up happening is you're not seeing the sign. You're not responding the way that God intended suffering, like a child that has a heart that's not big enough, and at the, it, it could pass once it cut. Like, we're not seeing what God intended us to see, and that's why I kind of feel a little bit led to kind of speak to that right now in this moment. Um, and I had you j- join me at Luke 13, because right now, if you're looking on the news, you're looking on your social media, or you're, you're hearing such a heavy story of something that's knocking on the front door of the Brown family, our church's family, because suffering like this is happening all over the world. It's always been happening. And Gabe said it right, or Jerry said it right. It's because we're living in a broken world that is broken by the reality of sin, right? In the beginning, God created everything, and everything was what? Good. It was shaka. It was perfect. But then sin came into the world, Genesis 3, and spoiled all of that. And so we as a people living in a broken world, we're going to suffer. We're feeling the sufferings. All of us in this room are suffering to a certain extent. Some, it's a little bit more intense right now. And some, like in Maui, it's very intense. I didn't know what to do in my study today. I just was in and out of my study just crying. Imagining a family, a child, someone lost in smoke. Right now, people don't know where they're going to sleep. And this kind of pain has gone through the history of the world, just tragedy after tragedy. And then all the souls say, why? How come? What's going on? What's the purpose of this? And there's a lot of things, as was prayed, I think Gabe was mentioning it, that God's doing a ton of things. There's a lot of things that's happening right now. And in the micro, we can't fully see that. We're not God. God knows for every family that's displaced tonight, he knows what he's doing. For every family that's hurting with an issue, he has, he has all the, the little details of it working out. There's something happening. But what the Bible does tell us is the big things, the macro things, the macro purposes. Like what's, what, what are we supposed to do with all this, God? Because like sister confessed, we can easily get bitter. Why Maui? Why us? Why my family? Why this? And so we're going to look at Luke 13, and I just want to at least showcase one reason, because there's many reasons, but one big macro reason of why God, what God intends for suffering. And sometimes when suffering shows up in the form of a natural disaster or tragedy, what it's meant to do. 
what it's meant to do. And my hope and prayer is as we're kind of seeing this live in Hawaii from Maui and seeing it live in Anohana in our family, that we all tonight, as we heard these things, we'd allow God's word to teach us, like, okay, well, what is it to you tonight? What is it to you? What will you do with this? And what is God trying to show us? So let's read God's word, Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 5, and I'll walk us through it and make one point, and we'll be powerful for the evening. Luke chapter 13, it says this, repent or perish. Now there were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. So there was people present and they were giving Jesus a news headline. Pilate, Roman official governor, he mingled, meaning they killed, he murdered and mingled the blood of some Galileans who were at the temple to sacrifice. It's like, whoa, that was nuts. And then he says, and he answered them. Now notice what Jesus says. He answered them, and I think it's an answer in a way where he knows what they're thinking. He says, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? So you know what he's doing? He's getting into their mind. He's saying, so this news headline that all these Galileans got murdered and mingled in their sacrifice, do you think that that's, they're suffering because they're bad? They're worse than these other Galileans? He's getting into the mind. So when you see Maui up in smoke, do you think that this is God's condemnation on them because they're, they're worse than us? Why Maui, not Oahu? Why Maui, not Lanai? Oh, is it because Maui is bad? And God's laying down the hammer? Is that what you think? Because oftentimes we see suffering and we think. If you're going to gauge suffering to equate that to whether someone is righteous or unrighteous, that's a dangerous thing to do. And we'll do that even on a local level. You look at the suffering and other, like, don't judge people like that. And he's saying, is that what you're thinking? Are you thinking this suffering is because they're, you're, they're better or worse? And then he moves on into verse 3. He says, no. He says, no, I tell you, but unless, now look at what he does. He flips the script. He tells them, don't look at them, look at who? You. I tell you, unless you, what's the word, church? Repent. So what's the purpose of this shocking headline? This horrific headline? Repent. That's right. No, I tell you, unless you repent... You will all likewise perish. Now we're going to move on. Because verse 4, he, Jesus brings up another news headline that happened in town. Or those 18. Now he's speaking to them. You heard about the 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell? So this seems to be like an accident. A natural, maybe there was a gust of wind or maybe the... The brothers who built the tower didn't do well. And for whatever reason, there was 18 people cruising by the tower. And then Jesus says, it fell and it killed them. So then he gets to their brain again. Look at what Jesus does. Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? You see, he's repeating the thing, but using a different circumstance. He's trying to show these people something. He's trying to show us something. You think all this suffering that goes on around you, 
when you see the news headline of a tragedy of this tower falling and 18 people killed, do you think it's because they were worse? And then he says this, no. Suffering and tragedy happens on everyone. Why? No. And he says the same thing. I tell you, unless you repent, you will all likewise, what's the word? Perish. Now here's the question. Is he saying, unless you repent, your blood's going to get mingled in the sacrifices, or unless you repent, you likewise are going to have a tower fall on your head? Can't be. Why would he bring up the same application to two different scenarios, totally different scenarios of suffering? One is this horrific murder, another is just seems like an accident or a natural disaster. Jesus must be speaking of a greater perishing than just the way in which you and I will suffer and die. He must be speaking of a greater perishing that is eternal. Because the solution, the answer to this, is if they do repent, they will not perish. But does that mean he's saying, if you repent, a tower's not going to fall on your head. If you repent, a fire's not going to sweep through your town and destroy your homes. Or if you repent, he's not merely speaking about that. He's talking about bigger salvation. He's saying this, when you see suffering in the world and this tragedy just all over the place, every time you see suffering, it's for you to repent and trust in Jesus for the salvation of your soul from your sins so that when you die, you don't die, you live. All tragedy, all suffering is meant to call us to true repentance. Do not be numb by these headlines. And don't even let headlines that hit home just make you feel sad, period. Like, oh, pity. How pity. Poor Maui. Poor Brown family. And then it stops there. It was never meant to stop there. It was always meant to cause you and I to think deeper. And to think individually. Examine your heart. It's meant for us to look at Maui and say, that should be O'ahu. I just, like when Gabe and Jer were sharing, when he said, we don't even deserve to, to, to suffer, for, to, to, to have the burden of a child to care for. We don't even deserve to be anxious about this baby. You realize how glorious eyes that is? It's eyes that see that truly we don't deserve a thing from God. He owes us nothing, church. We have every reason in light of this to rejoice. We have every reason in light of this to sing praise and to thank God. You woke up this morning. You breathed in air. Thank God with your Pilau Mountain, you kissed your wife, or your, you, you hugged your children, or you, 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 you brushed those teeth that you, everything is grace. That's what the gospel does. That's the type of repentance that Jesus is speaking about. Repent. You must repent. Otherwise, you will perish. As we think of the souls in Maui, right? Six possibly more have perished. Precious people made in God's image. 
whether they were burnt alive or killed by smoke. Hospitals, multiple hospitals are up in smoke. So there's sick people that don't have places to be right now. More souls could easily die tonight. What are you going to do with that? Yes, cry. You should. Yes, lament. We must. Yes, yes. And then what? You know what it's meant to do? It's meant for us to pause Look within, and wherever we are in our journey, if you're fooling around in your sin, if you're stuck in, in some apostate mindset where you're just, you don't know if you're about, it's meant for us to stop and repent and return. This is real. The Great Commission is real. We do not know the day or the hour. Life is but a vapor. Some of you, by the grace of God, he's awakening your soul. You're having desires to return to the Lord. You're here and you're coming. And what are these events, current events, supposed to do? Awaken your soul. No, really repent. Come home. Be alive. Be on fire. Because a world is dying by the day. So soldiers of Christ, stop sleeping. You know what it's supposed to do for a pastor? It's supposed to awaken his soul to keep preaching the gospel, to keep teaching the Bible. Why? Why are we studying through 1 Timothy? Because it's a church that is so confused, and they're not doing what they were meant to do. It's an wake-up call. Current events say this, wakes Newton Baptist up, we got work to do. Because that could have been us today. We could be the displaced families today. And while we're living in a world that is running rampant with darkness and sin, guess what we are, church? We are the what? The light. We are the salt. And we are to shine. So when we pray for Maui, we're praying for the churches. We're praying for that community. Because people are lost in darkness literally tonight. But we have the hope of glory. We have the heart of compassion that weeps with them because we hate sin. We hate what sin has done to all of us and what it's still doing. Suffering is meant to lead us to repentance. That's what it's supposed to do. Suffering is meant to lead us to a place of refocusing our eyes on the things that matter. Fix your eyes not on what is seen, for what is seen is temporary, transient. What is unseen is what? Eternal. What a blazing fire in Maui does is causes us to remember this ain't our home. This is not home. That's what it does. Repent, refocus, and then what suffering does. Because if you have the hope of the gospel, If you believe Jesus is Lord, if he is sinless perfection and he came and he suffered. Don't you love that? He's acquainted with our suffering. He didn't chose to just come and high five and then leave. He came and bled out on a tree. Why? Why? To pay for it all. To ransom us into glory. He came after you and he purchased you with blood. And he rose and he ascended. And if you believe, he promises. He promises. 
when all this is said and done, and this dark valley of a journey we're all walking through is pow. You know, this is going to be pow one day. This won't be like this one day. But if we are in Christ, when that day comes, we will rejoice in glory. Suffering leads us to repentance. Suffering leads us to refocus. And suffering ought to lead us to true rejoicing. What we witnessed tonight in our brother and sister was true rejoicing. How easy it is to rejoice when things are fine and dandy, right? But you just witnessed a couple. Worship God and give Him glory. Like sisters say, without fake smiles, those were real. You know what they are right now as a family? They're called head turners. You know what head turners are? What kind of you? That's a head turner. You look, well, what? That's what they are right now. Anyone that takes a look at their life, anyone that bumps into them and talks to them, whether it's a stranger or a family member or a church member, oh, how long are you expecting? If they sit and listen, head turner. Wait, what? Why are you not terminal? How are you not depressed? Wait, what? This is what I pray that we as a family do in the face of suffering. Church, we, this life is so quick. Like on my knees today in my study when I was praying for Maui and then I shifted my thoughts to think of our church, imagining if that happened in our, in our state right now. Because who's to say God couldn't send a gust of wind and make the, the weather humid and set this whole valley on fire? God is God. And like Gabe said, he has every right to do what he wants to do. But if that were to happen, if more suffering knocks on our door, I want us to be ready to repent, refocus, and rejoice. And we can do this, church. We will do this. You know why? Because if we believe in Christ and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that says He will empower you, He will empower us to live out these truths. You believe in the Holy Spirit? You believe He's active and at work? If you're hearing these things and you're nodding your head and there's affections growing in your heart, the Spirit of God is upon you. And I want to say thank you so much for being the bride of Christ. So, I'll close us in prayer. We will pray for Maui. And in the midst of of the suffering, because I'm sure in this place there's much more suffering that God knows. In the midst of wherever you are at tonight, all of us here would hear and see and through the swirl of our emotions as it hits us, because perhaps tonight there's home trials or work issues or you have health issues or whatever issues it is you're going through, you're going to have those swirl of emotions, but what God's word is going to teach us tonight to do is lead, let it lead you to repentance, refocusing, and rejoicing. Amen? Let's pray together.
Let us not be like the dreamer who said, surely God is in this place, but I didn't recognize it. You're in this place, let us see you. Let us be very aware of your presence and your activity. God, I thank you so much for the testimony that was shared tonight. And we continue to root the Brown family on. And as we consider their family and their circumstance, and we consider the thousands of families tonight whose hearts are probably broken in pieces, whether it's health, possession, or all of that, just they had no clue that today would be that kind of a day. And we have no clue whether tomorrow will be like a day like that for us. Let us not think that we are better or worse. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Let there be a rightful fear and reverence of you in this room. James says, your life is but a mist. Don't boast about tomorrow. You do not know. And so, Father, in this moment right now, I pray that all of our souls would truly repent and turn to you. That we would not perish, but have everlasting life. That if there's been people in the room that's been playing and pretending or acting like, no more of that. Give us true belief, true repentance, true trusting in King Jesus and following you to the end. Let us see the signs and let us respond accordingly. Father, we do want to intercede and lament so much for those families right now. We pray, oh God, that you would fill the church in Maui with your power. Touch every pastor, every church member that's in that area to just be filled with supernatural energy. If there's families getting ushered into homes or garages or places, just every creature, every soul, God, you care about them. They're all precious people made in your image. And so do something powerful in Maui, God. Do something powerful in Hawaii. Please, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Be the protector, the provider. Bring peace. Do miracles. Supernaturally draw people to yourself tonight. Lord, keep us praying. Let tonight be a, a trigger, a pulling that sends all of us into constant, deeper prayer. Father, as we sing, as we worship you, remind us again, help us to be very aware that you are God. And we sing to you. So however you, Holy Spirit, are leading and guiding our thoughts tonight into the areas that we need to repent of, let that happen. If there needs to be more prayer after this, if there needs to be more confession, let that happen. Move 
in our midst we pray. If there are people that were just so unfocused tonight, center us, refocus us. Let's encourage each other. But as we close in song right now, Lord, please lead us to a place of rejoicing. True rejoicing. And as we sing, in the midst of the pain, oh, let us taste and see the goodness of God. Let us as a church learn to suffer well. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. And I will trust in him no other. My soul is satisfied in him alone. I rejoice in my redeemer. Great is treasure, wellspring of my soul. hearts trust in you alone Lord you are the wellspring of our soul we find our joy in you alone thank you Lord for providing us joy daily even when we have sorrow we know great joy because of you that's only by your power Lord so Lord Keep us mindful of the grace and the gifts that you've given us and keep us rejoicing over the gift of grace that has been provided to us and see how beautiful the faith we possess is, Lord. If we find ourselves lacking, Lord, fill us with the hunger for more of you to know and to truly treasure your word. Be with us now, Lord. This world is very broken. There's a lot of suffering going on. Help us to be mindful and keep others in prayer, to lift one, and one another up, and to love because you first loved us. In your name, amen. amen. Go in his peace.